0: Guess what the message is about today, and I know you've been waiting patiently to hear it. So yes, we're continuing in our series um, developing Christian character, and this morning in particular, uh, oop, wrong one. This morning in particular, we're looking at uh, preparing for patience. Patience doesn't come naturally; we have to be ready. To be patient. And how are we going with that one? We've got the right one up there. Did I import the wrong one, did I? It's on the desktop. (laughs) I'll start with a story while we're getting that sorted. Ah, absolutely. (laughs) Prepared, patient and flexible. You've probably heard this story before about a truck driver who sat down at an all-night restaurant. The waitress had just served him his meal when these three guys riding Harleys and all uh, geared up showed up and swaggered into the diner. One of the bikies grabbed the man's hamburger and bit into it. Another one took a fistful of his uh, French fries and another one picked up his coffee and began to drink it. The trucker responded with great patience. He wasn't a little fellow, he was a big guy but he responded patiently. He got calmly up from the table, walked to the front of the restaurant, put his money on the cash register and headed out to the door. The waitress watched as this big truck driver drove off into the night. When she returned, one of the bikers said to her, he wasn't much of a man, was he? To which she replied, he's not much of a truck driver either. He just ran over three motorcycles out in the parking lot. (laughs) Picture of patience, but underneath you can see what was going on. Patience doesn't come naturally for most of us. It's the fourth fruit of the spirit that we are looking at in this series. And, uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I have to confess that I struggle with this one because uh, even though I'm in my sixties now, gee, it's strange to say that. It feels strange to say that. I grew up very much in the uh, now generation, and uh, that was 20, 40 years ago. The uh, immediate gratification, I want everything now. And so uh, patience has always been something for me to grapple with. Uh, I see something, in fact, I'm shown something, uh, perhaps uh, uh, advertising, whatever, saying that you should have this now, and I, I struggle with believing that. Uh, and, and sadly, in the in the past, I've made mistakes by jumping in and doing something or buying something and regretting it later on because it wasn't worth the immediacy. It would have been better to be patient and wait. We're going to discover this morning that there is a road to patience. It's a journey. It just doesn't come like the kids said in the video. It doesn't happen overnight where you wake up one day and you're patient the next day. There are some means of Uh, acquiring patience and I trust that we'll look at those this morning Galatians 5 22 and 23 do you remember what it says how are we going Cheryl it says this but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self control and apart from these there's no law the fruit of the Spirit only comes from the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think we know that. We've heard that. He's the source. He's the supplier. He's the one that gives us that patience because he is the God of all patience. Now, I don't know if you have studied much about God. Certainly, uh, as you read read the Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll notice that God's patience was tried on numerous times by the people of Israel. Tested and tried and, and to the point where he said to Moses, I was just reading that Yesterday, these are a stiff-necked people. They're proud and stiff-necked. They were disobedient. I'm going to get rid of them. And if it wasn't for Moses' prayer and intercession on behalf of the people, uh, God's judgment would have been on the people. But his patience came into play there, and he waited for the people. He trusted them to continue. I found a definition this week as I was looking at this message that seems to capture what I think is the biblical meaning of patience. Patience is a calm endurance based on the certainty that God is in control. Let me say that again. Patience is a calm endurance. Are we up and running? All right, we'll get there. Based on the certainty that God is in control. Thanks very much for that. Who thinks it's easy to be patient? Some people are naturally patient and nothing nothing riles them, nothing... Uh, gives them overly concern, uh, uh, nothing makes them overly concerned. They just are happy to wait. I'm not like that. Um, I, my brain works at 100 miles an hour on trying to work things out and put plans into place. And uh, not that I get impatient overtly, but internally, I think I'm impatient when I don't see things happen. So why is patience a rare thing today? And I think most people are like that. Certainly in, in, uh, in the recent generations, people are impatient. Why are people impatient? Any guesses? Any guesses why people are impatient today? I've got two reasons. Patience is rare because it goes against our human nature. What's our human nature all about? Selfishness. It's all about me. And you are the most important w- person in the world. I think one of the ad, ad companies says that. But it goes against our nature. From the, the moment that we're born... We want things taken care of right away. Who's ever seen a baby wake up in the middle of the night saying, hmm, hmm, I think mum will come and feed me soon, or hmm, I'll happily wait for dad to come and change my nappies. That's not going to happen ever, is it? Yes, it does. I know there are great dads out there. No, what happens? The baby squawks and squeals and and cries until one of the parents gets up bleary-eyed and does the deed, whatever it might be. So it's right in us from you know, the moment that we're born, we have this impatient side of our life, and it's because it's against that human nature, which is a selfish nature. The second reason why it's rare today is it's contrary to our culture. Um, what's one of the uh, protest uh, uh, cries? We want it, and we want it now. You, know? you hear that all the time. We want it, and we want it now. And it's because uh, this... This, this, this human nature comes out in a cultural way as well. Last week I talked about road rage and how it's become, thing, become something to watch out for when we're driving. Uh, a story is told of a, a tourist, and, and we'll call him an American tour, tourist in, in Italy. He was on vacation there. And this particular man was, he was normally wound up pretty tight as a personality anyhow, but... Uh, he didn't find patience one of his easier virtues to, to, to show to people. And he was driving around a roundabout in Italy. Some of us have seen those big ones, perhaps even experienced them. And his car stopped in the middle of the, going around the roundabout. Next minute, all these horns beeping. Not that horns aren't beeping anyhow in Italy, but all these horns are beeping and people, arms out the window. So he stopped, he, he got out of his car and he was, um, he walked back to the car behind him he said to the driver, I'm sorry, I can't seem to get my car started. If you go up there and give it a try, I'll stay here and honk, honk the horn at you. <laughs> I think it took him great control to do that for someone who is normally impatient. Maybe you can identify with some of these things. How often have you... That's uh, your car has stopped at a uh, traffic light. I think we've had that experience. Doesn't take long for the people behind to start honking horns. Uh, Perhaps you've been one of those people at the time too. So how do we prepare for patience? How do we allow God to bring this fruit of the Spirit out in our lives if it's not normal for us? I think we have to remember that we are in his place and at his time. We have to be in his place, God's place. We have to be in his time. And when we're in that place with God, there are two decisions that we have to make we have to make these two decisions. We can choose to wait for God where we are and not give up. That's hard, isn't it? God, I've asked you about this. This questions on my mind. i have afraid about this. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm not getting any answers. We have to choose to wait because sometimes God wants us to be in his waiting room. Sometimes the answer's prayer, yes. Sometimes the answer's prayer, No. And sometimes the answer his prayer, wait a while. Oh, that's the hard one, isn't it? You know, if we, if we have a yes or a no answer, we know where we stand with God. But when he says, just wait, the time's not right to answer that yet. That's the one, I say we, but I'm really talking about me. That's the one I struggle with. We can choose to wait for God where we are and not give up. That's the main thing. And by not giving up, we're saying, God... I'm not happy, I'm frustrated, I'm impatient, but I trust you just the same. That's what we're saying. We need to be in his place at his time. And secondly, we can determine to go at his pace and not speed up. Have you ever made one of those decisions and regretted it straight after? Because you didn't take enough time to think it through or was a knee-jerk reaction or was a, uh, a very attractive decision to make and so you took it and you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I think Cheryl and I did that one time and it cost us a few thousand dollars. Uh, hopefully we learnt from that lesson. Maybe. So rather than being reckless and impulsive and, and taking things into our own hands, the fruit of patience helps us to trust God's timing. This is a lesson I think we all have to learn. Lord, you've given us all these great ideas and all these great opportunities. When's the right time to embark on this new adventure? When's the right time to start this new job? Now, some of that's determined by interview times and and all that sort of stuff. But the risk is that we do nothing, just sit and do nothing, but we need to learn how to be patient in waiting on God. There's some scriptures that encourage us Luke chapter uh, 21 verse 19 says, by standing firm, you'll gain life. By not jumping in, not having a knee-jerk reaction, by being patient, you'll have a firm life. It's, it's the, it's the fruit of faith that attacks or overrides the, the ugliness of unbelief. Lord, I don't, I don't believe that you're going to answer this prayer, so I'm going to do it anyhow. But patience says, I'll wait on God about this. Psalm 130 in verses 5 and 6, David knew what was, what patience was like. He says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for for the morning. So the psalmist knew what it was like to wait patiently. And yet the watchman, the, the picture here is that, that they were looking for the sun to come up so they could get about doing their job or they could protect their town or whatever it was. It's this, this waiting is the, in the Old Testament, is the opposite of impatience. So people who were impatient didn't wait, they just went. They, they quit on God. They quit on waiting on God. They refused to go at his speed, at his pace, they ran ahead of him and they made mistakes. I trust that our approach to life, being filled with God's Spirit, being empowered by God's Spirit, allows us to be patient with God. The Living Bible has an interesting thing to say in Romans 15 verse 4. It says, Paul writes, These things that were written in the Scriptures so long ago are to teach us patience and to encourage us so that we will look forward expectantly to the time when God will conquer sin and death. That verse is all about now and then. That verse is now or sorry, it's all it was about back then, now and when. Back then people wrote these words down. The scriptures, the word of God. So that we can be taught patience now. And encourage us now so that we can wait expectantly for what's going to happen then. I wonder if that's your approach to life. Lord, thank you for what you've done. The kids in that video were great, weren't they? Don't be impatient about what you haven't got. Praise God for what you have got or been given or who he is. And sometimes we forget at how generous God is towards us, our salvation and the provision of what we need rather than what we want. Some people might be tempted to give up on God right now. Their life might be tough for people. There are other people that have been in that same boat people of Israel were in that same boat. Isaiah wrote to them in Isaiah 30. And they were struggling in their situation at the time. Their enemies, the Assyrians, were about to invade, or they were threatening to invade. And the people of God lived in fear of this incredible nation, the nation of the Assyrians. And so Job, uh, Isaiah writes to them, and he said this, Woe to my rebellious children, God says. You ask advice from everyone but me and decide to do what I don't want you to do. You yoke yourselves with unbelievers, thus piling up your sins. Do you, have you ever done that? We've asked advice from everybody else except God. Verse, two, uh, verse 3 says, Verse 2? Huh, I must have left verse 2 out. No, that's 1 and 2, that's right. And then, but the Lord tells them that their impatience is going to backfire. And verse 3, But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. They weren't trusting in God. They trusted in the Egyptians to help them overcome the Assyrians. And that was going to be to their shame. What should they have done? How should they have practiced patience? How should they have lived out patience in their life? Verse 18 gives us some indication in, in Isaiah 64. Oh, I missed verse 18 out. Sorry thought I had it up there. It says this. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Let me read that again. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. I don't know what your situation is at the moment. But perhaps those words are for you today. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with impatience or wanting to do something but aren't prepared to wait, then those words might be for you today. The Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. What happens if we wait for God? We experience his grace in the moment. We experience his compassion as we need it. He promises to bless those who practice patience. He promises to remember those who are trusting in him. Israel at this time was shamed and humiliated because they didn't wait on the Lord. I don't want that to happen for you. I don't want it to happen for me. That we will be patient in waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 64 says this, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Those who wait for him. God is acting on our behalf if we're patient and waiting for him. In his place, at his time. That's how we prepare for patience. And secondly, we need to try patience on for size. Now, I don't know about you, if you've ever gone through any exercises of being patient, then I'm going to suggest that there are some biblical examples, some biblical promises that say to us we need to try on patience for size. Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We know that it's a fruit of the Spirit, but Paul, here is writing to Colossians to say, figuratively, put the jacket of patience on, or whatever it is, or pull on the boots of patience, whatever you like. But it's a deliberate decision. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to wait on God every day. Let's hope so. But certainly in every individual situation, I'm going to wait on God. Wait for God's direction. Wait for God's confirmation. It's a complex word in the Bible. When the Bible was being translated out of the Greek and Hebrew and Latin into English, one of the early translators was a a fellow called Miles Coverdale. There's actually a Coverdale translation of the Bible. And that was... uh, 1535, the year 1535. And he had to invent a word for patience because in the English language at the time, there's no word for patience. And the word that he developed for this word patience was long-suffering. Long-suffering. And it it described the the actual phrase that was used in Greek that was talking about being patient. Long-suffering. And it it was such a good translation that when the King James Version translators came to do their work in 1611, they used the same word because it's the best they could come up with to describe that Greek uh, term, which means patience. A patient person has the ability to suffer for a long time. Some of us are like that, aren't we? If we're, if we're called upon to be patient, it's, it's hard work to be patient. And so this word long-suffering covers it. Solomon, in his wisdom, gave some great um, directions regarding patience and long-suffering and waiting in his Proverbs. Proverbs, Galatians 5.20, I missed that one. There we are. Next one. Proverbs 14.29, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Have you ever been in either one of those camps? Patient man has great understanding, quick tempered man displays folly or dare we say stupidity and I think we've been, I've been there this Greek word means to be slow to get angry or to have a strong, uh, sorry a long fuse and a short memory I think most of us have a short fuse and a strong memory when it comes to patience but this word means to have a long fuse and a short memory It it, it literally means wrath or anger that is put far away. That's that putting off, that wrath, long-suffering. When God's Spirit controls us, fits of rage can be put far away. When God's Spirit controls us, we are people who are hard to be provoked. Become, become patient people that are hard to be provoked. Some of us uh, are mechanically orientated. Uh, and so patience is like good motor oil. Mechanics, what does good motor oil do for you or do for the car? What does it do? Any answers? It yeah, it gives long life, but it also, also takes the contaminants out of the engine, doesn't it? So it controls, it, it holds those things that would affect the rest of the engine. And that's what patience is like for us. It puts those things into suspension in our lives so that our lives don't get seized up by the yucky stuff that we'd be angry about or that we'd be impatient about. What are some things that you can do to prepare for patience or that you can clothe yourself with patience? And You might like to jot these down and think about them in the next week or two. Look at annoying people through the eyes of Jesus. I don't know how we do that. If there's somebody that's annoying you, how do you step back and say, how does Jesus see this person? Philippians says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Jesus did that all the time, didn't he? He always had the other person's best interests at heart. And sometimes we find it difficult to do that. It's a test of patience when we look at annoying annoying people through the eyes of Jesus. There was a train that was filled with tired people on their way home from work. Most of them had spent the day travelling to and from work. They'd put a full eight hours in. And they'd settle down on the train... And some of them were actually dozing off on their way home. You ever done that? Anybody travelled on the city trains? Dozed off? I was so thankful that I lived one station away from the last station on the line. So if I dozed off, I'd go to the last station and come back. But um, quite often, in the midst of all these um, tired people, there would be a, uh, a young, tired baby with its mother. And the baby wasn't sleeping. And so that meant that most of us weren't sleeping either. And uh, it got to the point where there was this big fellow on the train, and he went over to the baby and he says uh, to the mother, and he says, "Why don't you do something about that baby?" There was a quiet moment for a minute, and she said, "I'm sorry, I'm doing my best. The baby's mother is in a coffin in the baggage car of this train." There was a, a bit of an awkward silence for a couple of minutes. Then the big man who asked the cruel question about keeping the baby quiet got out of his seat, moved toward the man, sorry, the person with the motherless child. He apologised for his impatience and insensitivity. He took the baby in his own arms, and it was actually the father that was there, and told the tired father to get some sleep. He looked at that person through the eyes of Jesus, who could have just been an annoying person. What else do we do? Apprentice yourself to patient people. Do you know somebody who's a patient person? Then make them one of your best friends so that you can learn from them. You can learn how they're patient in different situations. Uh, Proverbs, Solomon says it there. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. So what's the option? Find a patient person to be their friend, or to be your friend, and learn from them. James chapter 5 and verse 10, 11 says, Brothers, as, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So if you want to put on patience, become friends with a patient person and learn from them. Thirdly, release your anger appropriately. Anybody here who does not get angry? On occasion? I'm sure we all do. And some things make me really angry, and I've said, shared this before, whenever there's uh, uh, serious actions towards children, in whatever the situation that might be, I get angry at my blood boils. So how do I deal with that? Paul writes in Ephesians, in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry there's been some um, suggestions over the years by different people in different professions about how we should handle anger uh some people say suppress it um so how do we do that we ignore it we um we we say um it's not really there the trouble is that suppression of anger often leads to depression, so I'm told. Because that anger is turned within rather than releasing it. Some people say we should express our anger. Uh, some people say, uh, practice the primal scream. Anybody ever done that? Maybe some of us do it too regularly in our households. We scream because we're angry. And they reckon that by getting all that anger out in a scream, you're emptying your bucket of anger. I'm not sure that really works. Because the Bible speaks to that. The Bible says, a fool gives vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. So I don't think we should express it as such. I really do think we should confess it. The Bible says that we should confess our anger to ourselves, to God, and then perhaps we should confess our anger to the person we're mad at too. Meet that person. Say something like this, I feel hurt. I feel myself getting angry because I care enough about our relationship to deal with the issues that are bothering me. Confess it. It's not always easy, but that's how we learn patience. That's how we put patience on. A fourth way we can clothe ourselves in patience is get ready to go through some hard times. Patience is not easy. James says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. There's no way around this truth. We need to learn how to be patient. And the only way you can do that is by facing the problems that we come up with. Stories told about a young man, a young Christian man, who went to an older brother in Christ for some prayer because he wanted to become more patient. They knelt down together and the older man began to pray. Lord, send this young man tribulation for breakfast, problems for lunch and suffering for supper. And that's how we learn to be patient. I've got an old friend that prayed that for me once. I think it's still happening. We need to rely on God's help if we're to try patience on for size. Psalm 145 verse 8 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. We need to get to know God better. He's the source of that fruit of patience in our lives. We need to get to know him better so we can learn from him, his compassion towards others, his compassion, his patience, his love towards others. I wonder if we have really submitted ourselves to God's spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, Paul writes, live by the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. If we're saying, Lord, I surrender to your spirit, I want to put patience into practice, then, Father, here I am. Help me. I want to finish with a story this morning. It's a story about uh, an African lady who'd become increasingly impatient with her husband. But I think most families would recognise this story. For her, married life was a real strain because she, she kept on getting angry at her spouse. She went to the doctor and asked him for some help. He told her this. She must first gather some basic ingredients and he would make a powerful medicine for her. The first thing that he needed was three hairs from the mane of a live lion. I'm glad I don't go to that doctor. So this lady left wondering, how in the world was she going to get close enough to a lion to get three hares. She decided to take her largest goat and tie the goat to a tree, hoping to tempt the lion in so she could then pluck those hairs off the lion's mane. Sure enough, the lion came and took the goat. Didn't get the hairs. The next day she tied another goat to the tree. Process on went on for several weeks until she had sacrificed her entire flock as bait for the lion. Each day she managed to get closer to the lion, and on the final day she managed to talk to the lion. You know this is not a true story, don't you? (laughs) I'm sorry to trouble you, but I wonder if I could have three hairs from your mane. The lion smiled and said, Of course, take what you wish. After all, I've enjoyed your goats. The next day the lady triumphantly took the ingredients to the doctor. The doctor turned to her and said, You must have been extremely patient to get these hairs from the mane of a live lion. Now go home and put the same amount of patience into your marriage. I wonder if God's saying to us today, try patience on for size. If he's saying to us today, we need to be in the, his place in his time, but we need to be proactive in being patient with the people around about us. Let's go home, let's go to work, let's go to school, wherever God has us, and be patient in the days ahead because that's the gift that God's Holy Spirit has given to us. It's like I've said before, we need to be connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine and he'll give us that fruit of the Spirit as we stay connected to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we could never do these things on our own. We could never be patient on our own. And yet because we're connected to you, Lord Jesus, the vine, we can trust you to supply the strength to make us patient people, to keep us calm rather than angry. Father, we need that. And Lord, we need you in in every situation that we face, whether it be at work or at home, school, uh, in our social activities, in our acquaintances, in our family, in our friends. Father, we need you to bring patience into our lives. We thank you for the lessons you give us along the way. I think of that old man praying for the young Christian. Father, that we learn patience when we're placed into situations when we can show patience. Father, we, we pray that this week we will be patient people and it will be for your glory and for your honour. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, you.